Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. All right, day three, Jay. We are back. Sklar Brothers filling in for Jim Rome. Two great days. So much fun. They went by so fast. Uh, we got a great one today. Full house. Look, I feel like we're rubbing sticks together and making fire right now. This That's is right. not a heavy sports moment in this not in really. the calendar Trade year. Trade deadline, beginning of fall camp, starting now or starting tomorrow, what have you, today, I think. So, listen, it is it, it is, is what it is. It's, it's a, our time to come in and do what we do. And there's a lot, first of all, there are a lot of great stories that are really funny. We're going to get into those today. I wouldn't say we're going to get the win. I wouldn't say we're going to get the save. We'll get, get the, the hold. hold. We'll hold it for you. We'll hold it down. That's what we're doing. Thank you, Jim Rome, for letting us step in and do and this. And hold it down. So, great show today. Whoa, 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 whoa. Toto, babe. I know. So, we've we've got uh, in hour three, Yogi, is hour, th- hour two or hour three is Yogi, Yogi Roth. Roth. We're going to talk. Uh, he, he, the Yogi Bear of the Pac-12. He knows his You want to know what he wants, what he's going to say. I'm curious to hear his thoughts of what the future of the Pac-12 and what future teams from the Pac-12 will And eventually. how some of the Pac-12 teams will do, uh, specifically USC and UCLA, when they enter the Big Ten. Will there even be a Pac-12 by the time I talk to Yogi Roth in Hour 3? I don't know. He's going to be on the show. Mike Golick Jr. is on the show. Talk about his relationship with his brother. Talk about his performance on, uh, was he on Superdog Superdog? I think that was Senior. Bob That was Bob Golick. That was his brother who who was on a TV show. Brother. He was a on kid's show. Hang what, what, time. Hang time. Was it hang time? I believe it was hang time. Was it hanging with Mr. Some, C? Uh, nope. That's Mark that's, Curry. Mark, comedian Mark Curry. Hanging so, with Mr. C was not LL Cool J? No. Uh, so I think you're wrong, man. I think hanging with Mr. Sean King will be here in 40 minutes. We get to talk some football with Sean King, and he knows his stuff. He Super Bowl champion Sean King. I know. He knows his betting. He knows the, he knows the quarterback position, and that's something I want to dig in with him. Uh, and he, just a talented guy and a sweet guy. We so, might hear from Jerry Jones. We might hear from Christoph Waltz. Guess who we're going to hear from in the second hour? Matt Weiner talks some NBA, like as we are on the on the edge and on the, on, the, on the precipice of the season. There. Summer summer league in the books. What can we glean from that? Who can be excited? Who has hope going into the season? Where's Dame Lillard going? All these questions will be answered, hopefully, by Matt Weiner, and we'll get check in with him. Like you said, Jerry Jones might... Christoph Waltz, we might talk to. We'll see. All sorts of great stuff happening on the phone lines. We'll get into that. You know, Justin, last night, Justin. As Verlander. soon as we ended the show, Justin Verlander was to the Astros. To the Astros, which is thank it. God the Astros finally got somebody. Thank, I mean, is it about time that organization started succeeding? Right? Thank finally they've they, been banging the drum down in Houston forever to get this guy. They've been sending up the signal, and he finally heard them. He heard the signal, banging it loud. So Justin Verlander goes back to a team that he was at before, which seems almost – isn't that awful anytime that happens in a trade? Like, no one's excited. There's nothing new about it. So he goes back. I mean, he's got an insane contract. He he goes back for two prospects. Two of them were there in the top five of the prospects in the Houston farm system. So – one Could of them be. Made the best. We'll see how that pans out. So, so maybe the Mets are building for the future in this way. And Verlander's <laughs> old; he's forty years old. He's in year one of a two-year, like eighty-six million dollar contract. Which the Mets like are going to have to pay like fifty-two million dollars of that. Like, there's how a, did that there's work? There's an option for twenty twenty-five 
for him to make another $35 million. Who knows if the Astros will pick it up. But the question is, but Astros, doesn't he have a 1.49, ERA? I love that you're like 1.49, 1.72. I think it's one. It's point. under two, mm-hmm. and that's been the last, the last seven, seven games. games. Right, 1.69 ERA. So Verlander is pitching great, and to me it's unbelievable that he continues to pitch at such a high level and pitch the way he's always pitched at 40 years old. We talked about this. Could he potentially have three more great years in him and win 15 games a year or 16 games, 17 games a year? So if he can win four or five more games this year, Mm -hmm. and then... it's not about that. He's got to win three. Yeah. Three seasons of 15-ish wins. Can you do that? Can you have a 12 and an 18 and then a 16? I think he can. Certainly if you're playing for the Astros. If you're playing for the Mets, I don't know if he can do it. But if he's with the Astros, they're... In the last six years, the Astros have been to the World Series four times. They've won twice. Why are we not talking about this team so in that same context? Do you, I think the cheating, the potential. That, that could that be a Mars, fly in the ointment. Right. That mars what you're talking about. But, you know, to to win two World Series and go to four in six years, that is dominance on another level. I'm sitting here saying if you are not a Houston Astros fan, meaning if you're anyone who doesn't live in the greater Houston area, you don't like this trade at all. You don't love this at all because you. I would much rather have seen Verlander go to the Baltimore Orioles. And again, I'm not an Orioles fan. I'm just saying that's a team that hasn't won in so long. Mm-hmm. I think 97 was the last time. They, really? I, I'm trying to think. 83? When they won the World Series, eighty three. I just, I just know that it's been a long, long time. And I like it when teams, certainly older teams and older established teams. You know how we have the pension, am I? Eighty three. Eighty three. They won the World Series, but like, you know how I know that because one player won a World Series back to back, eighty two and eighty three in two separate leagues. You guys know who that is? Tito Landrum. Tito Landrum. Good old Mike Shannon, rest, in, rest peace. in peace. One of the great announcers of all time. Here Saint comes Tito Landrum. Here comes Dazzy. Here comes Tito Landrum. So Tito Landrum played in both. Tito Landrum. The great thing about Mike Shannon, Mike Shannon was the best. Like Cardinals announcer, co-announcer, color guy Buck. for Jack Buck. He was so good. Former he, player, third yeah. baseman for the Cardinals. Great Cardinal. Like a light had a had a restaurant in St. Louis. Had a you know just steakhouse. Shannon's. He's phenomenal. Randy and I interviewed him for this ESPN thing, and he was dropping f bombs when we were talking to him. Like nobody's business. Like I, I've never heard anyone swear that much in my life. I, I've never heard somebody like, drop them in the f bombs. Are you saying actual words? Because all it, I every hear is word cursing. is an f bomb. And then we turn the cameras on. He does a full interview, totally clean, completely clean. Like he knew when to turn it off and on. And I'm like, that guy's a such pro. a pro, such a pro. And Rest in peace. We will miss him. But my point is that. You know, the Baltimore Orioles got the Cardinals' old ace, old ace, young ace, but Jack Flaherty, who is Harvard Westlake's own, who struggled with control, had his issues, seven and six this year as he heads over there. But a lot of struggle with control, Janet Jackson. That's right. So they got Flaherty, which I don't really think Flaherty is better than Verlander. Certainly not this year. Well, we don't. What Flaherty doesn't, Flaherty might have more of a future. And Flaherty, we don't know. We know what Flaherty's capable of when he's on. Mm-hmm. Justin Verlander has proven it. That's right. At the so, highest level in the playoffs in the World Series. So it just, again, as a baseball fan 
who's had enough of the Houston Astros. Like I want you want to see other teams get but Orioles keep winning. They just put runs up, man. I know they're fun 13, to watch. 5 they won they're yesterday fun, against fun the Blue watch. Jays. They're just fun. They're fun and and it's about time. You can feel like look, or Baltimore as a city has been mm-hmm. Baltimore's been in it. Baltimore, hon. Baltimore, hon. They've had trouble, hon. Second best record in all of the major leagues. How about that? Talk about that turnaround in First that in division. In that division, they've had to weed through it. They've had to fight through great teams in that division through the year. Consistently, year after year, the toughest division in baseball. I mean, the Rays have fallen off a little a bit little recently. Bit. The Yankees have obviously fallen, fallen off. But, like, you had to get through the Rays. You had to get through the, the Yankees. Yankees. You had to get through all those great Red Sox teams through all those years. There was no way. They've always been You were just getting beaten down every year. You need, And they finally have built this team. And you just say to yourself, come on. I think the, Ver- the, Ver- the Verlander piece, had Verlander gone to Baltimore, it would have made more, more sense in that story. That so, narrative so would have been I mean, I, I'm not even a Texas Rangers fan. I'm not by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm excited to see what they're doing. The fact that they're ahead of Houston this year, that storyline intrigued me. I'm like, oh, good. It's not going to be Houston again. But then you see Verlander go down there. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. What if Houston catches him. We said this. If you're not living in the Houston area, you're not. You're not. There's nobody. Let me put it this way. You know Dallas Cowboy fans, they're all over the place. Like we have friends. You'll be in like Jersey yeah. or our, our our booking agent uh, who yeah. books us on our stand up gigs. TJ Mark, Mark Walter. Walter, great dude, phenomenal guy. Will be like I I go to see the Super Bowl in Vegas or I go see Dallas. I see at least one game a year. He's a go huge to see the Cowboy. Super Bowl. You, then you're not seeing Dallas. Well, they, it's true, but uh, <laughs> I Dallas he, is not gonna be he's a dude who like supports the Cowboys and lives and dies by the Cowboys. Lives he's in, in LA. Los Angeles. You will never see like a San Francisco Houston Astros fan. Tell me, is there a Houston Astros? How many Astro fans do you think are in Idaho? How many Astro fans are in Denver? Zero. Thank you. So my my point is that like nobody cares about this unless you're an Astros fan. And I think people are sick of the Astros. There's the residual effect of the cheating, and they're sick of them winning all the time. You're like, okay, we get it. And kudos to the Astros for losing some of their best pieces and still winning. They they just have that much talent. They gave away, like we said, in this trade, two you know, two of their top prospects. Yes. And it's still not gonna hurt them. It's not. Because they're that good. So that that trade deadline move bum me out a little bit. I'm not going to no, lie to it, you. And also, I think in general, there wasn't... We didn't have the big splash. I think people were waiting to see if Shohei, Shohei Otani. Otani would end up somewhere else. And so, in so we'll general, this trade, this trade deadline underperformed as far as people were so concerned. So let me ask you this. Is there more pressure on the Angels now? They got to win now. He's going to walk. Unless you win. Unless you do what you need to do. What, he's so walk. I ask you this. What do the Angels have to do in order to keep Shohei Otani. Number one, they have to make the playoffs. Number two, I think they have to win a series in the playoffs. You got to win one series. You got to win one series in the playoffs, and you have to show this guy that you have to give him two to three reasons to want to come back and play for this team next year. He needs, like, that postseason home run or that postseason win, that, like, 15-strikeout game or whatever. He He needs to know what it feels like 
to be playing for the Angels and have the country, the nation, watching him in a playoff game. That's right, and be representing the Angels and have Angel Nations just shower him with love. So you can at least say to him, the Angels can make the case, hey, if you stay, more of this. Mm-hmm. There, there's more of this to come. We're, we're not all, saying it's impossible. I, by the way, I'm by the not, way, and we're saying, not saying, saying And we're not saying they have to win the World Series. They do not. But what I Give love, him a postseason moment. So what I love about baseball is it is a game of who's hottest at, at what time. Because the truth of the matter is you can have an amazing team. The Dodgers can tell you this. Dodger fans can tell you. You have the amazing team. It's like team. hockey in you some win, ways. Yeah, you win, you win 105, 110 games in a year. But then for three games, your bats go cold. The yeah. Dodgers last year, three games, your bats go cold and you're Lights done. out. You're finished. And you're finished. It's like... That happens all the time in a season. I don't think that, ha- that doesn't happen August. in the NFL. That doesn't happen in the NFL. It doesn't happen in college football. I don't think it happens in the NBA quite the same way. So in the Although N- Miami sort of like bucked that trend this year. The Heat were like the first to sort of say, all right, we're going to get hot at the right time. And even though we didn't play have a great season, usually. I mean, you can count on. Den- your- but look, Denver won. Denver was the number one seed and they won. So it's. You don't see that in baseball. I can remember Cardinals teams, 2016. I'm thinking of the Royals, 2014, 2015. Those Royals teams, you're like, these. Are, this, a, it's a small market team. B, the didn't the Cardinals team. stumble in in the play-in? Stumbled in. They beat Atlanta. Yeah. Then they somehow beat the best team in the National League, the Phillies. Mm-hmm. This is when they had Ryan Howard and Cliff Lee and uh, Roy Halladay. Roy, may rest in peace. And they had. Well, uh, so Roy Halladay and Chris Carpenter battled each other in one of the greatest pitching duels I've ever seen in a postseason game. It was so. Like so what do you what do you need if you want to go into the postseason? You need a pitcher. This is you got Shohei Otani. Can you pitch him three times in a series, in a seven-game series? No. I don't think so. But can you pitch him twice and get two wins and get a win from someone else? Maybe. That's in a five-game series? So they are now, they're, they're going in the right direction. So they're three games back out of the wild card, which, by the way, is not insurmountable. That can be made up. We still have two more months, months of the season to go. If they get hot, even if they get hot, this is what I'm going to say, even if the Angels are in the, conversation that those last two months of games being you know sports center and every every you know every sports show that is talking you're going to just be talking about Shohei Otani like they are dying to talk about him in the ramp up to postseason. Do you know how badly baseball wants Shohei Otani in the postseason? So badly. They need it. They, you know why? Because baseball has to compete with so much as their season comes to a close. Mm-hmm. They have to compete with the ramp up of college football. They have to compete with NFL. Like if you want people to watch the postseason a bit, you need stars. You need, you need big, the, big stars. This is why I was saying it was so good that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl were making a deeper run in the playoffs for the NHL because— I think it's Connor. Is it Connor? It might be Connor. No, Connor. Okay, thanks. So I'm happier that, that they had a deeper run because then people could appreciate what how great Connor McDavid is. Yeah. Do you want my take or what? Yeah, we do. I mean, he sounded— And you look at the pictures of that guy, Connor— Connor, the guy. It's Connor, C-O-N-N-O-R. Connor, you look at the pictures of Connor, and he not McDavid, but this Connor. He looks like a, just an absolute yeah, truck dude. Beast. He's like a linebacker. 
And like he had that voice. 6'4", 250, and he sounds this like kid? he's 13 going through puberty. This kid? You want my chick or what? South, y'all. She's seven years old. She smokes. She smokes. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. And uh, sometimes we do get great luminaries calling the show. They don't always have to necessarily be a sports pundit or an athlete, but they may know more about sports than you think. I always love talking to this next guy. Character, actor, fantastic, does I mean, has done wonderful work in Terrence. His work in in Inglorious Bastards. His work was terrifying. In Django Unchained, unbelievable. His work in Downsizing. I just love everything he does. Christoph Waltz, he joins us now. How are you, sir? Randy and Jason, it's great to hear your voices. I say, you know, it is great <laughs> to, hear to hear your, your voice, voice too. Yes. I know there's an actor strike happening right now, and writer's strike. And so it's that's not good. You obviously want the, the you want to be working you and you want a fair result. contract. However, Jason and I know you. This is your opportunity. Maybe you would have been working, but for you to catch up on one of your favorite pastimes, and that is the NBA. The NBA continues to be the ultimate distraction for me, guys. Yeah, I get it. I love what's happening in this game. It's increasingly international, and you're right. It gives me a fantastic outlet during this time when I have a work stoppage. Right. So I've been spending my time. I went to the summer league. You did? Wow. wow. What did you see? Any any tidbits? Tell us your, you your tell feelings, us. yeah. Here's my feelings. Mm-hmm. Number one, do not stay at the Hard Rock. Okay, oh, that's, that's pro tip. That's not a, it's pro not tip. Necessary. The only reason I decided to stay there was because I use Hotel Tonight, the app. <laughs> and I, I wanted to be close to the Thomas and Mac. I want to be close of to course. the action. And that's I know, I know. It just, if you Walking look at distance. it purely by amount of steps, that's the closest hotel. Sure. Exactly. But you know what? Location is not always everything. Thank you. Thank you for yes. having the guts to but say that. I'll tell you what I'm excited about is that we have more international infusion into the league. And I Wemby. think that, you know, Wem- yes. Wem- let's talk I'm- about Wemby. I mean, shut down early and we'll talk shut about down this. Game one, game two. Impressive, though. Well, he was shut down and then he shut it all down. I mean, what do, what do we think about where this kid's going to go? Is he the next Porzingis, dare I say? I dare you say is exactly what I was going to say. I'm not ready to dare because I think Porzingis is in his fifth act. It's like an hour-long drama. And and this is the exciting one. He goes to Boston and suddenly everyone sees the inside-out stretch for game and Horford's on the bench and we get rid of Marcus Smart and now there's room for Porzingis to be the wily veteran. But... What I'm excited about with Webb and Yama is that this guy has not even developed his body yet. Wait until he gets into a strength and conditioning program. Well, what I told him, and I pulled him aside. You told him? By the way, I pulled him. I pulled him aside, thankfully, before Brittany. I know. Did you tap him on the back? If you do it near the court, it's better than on the way into a restaurant. If he sees you coming, it's you never want to go up behind. It's like you don't want to pet a dog from behind. You You want to like they need to smell your hand first. Exactly. So I approached him from the front, which I wish I was able to tell Brittany to do the same. But I said, Victor, 
this is what we need to do. You need to start to fill out your body. Some of it will be with muscle mass, but the rest is just a simple caloric intake. Right. And I explained to him he's going to a region of the country that I enjoy very much, which is, and we I worked in this part of the world for sure. Django, which is, it's the Southwest. Sure. And Lots I said, you need to indulge in the caloric intake uh-huh. and the, the, the customs of the area, which is Tex-Mex. Sure. And that's queso. Yes. And I told him about chili. <laughs> you, you told him yes. about, You introduced uh, Victor Webanyama to the, the restaurant chain Chili's. And, and, and when you watch him start to develop this year, I want you to know, it's because Christoph Waltz pulled Wemby aside and said, Give yourself those baby back, baby back, baby back ribs. Yes. So what I love, it's an Austrian man telling a Frenchman about a, an American Tex Mex chain. chain. I, I think that is, you know, what a world we live in that, that th- this information can be imparted by you onto this man. I believe I am. I, I am, if nothing else, the NBA's ambassador to something close to Pangea. Yes, I which agree. Is just bring all the countries back together again, like That's a right. soft serve swirl cone yep. from yeah from Tasty Free. Yes. So I love I love this concept, and I love exactly. You know, again, you look at who who won the MVP last year. Who has been consider who Joel Embiid won it. He's an international player. And you look at it somewhat. I mean, he's he was not born. In he this won it. He won it, but only because he's the squeaky wheel. And yes, he's international. He's from Senegal, but also my guy, the Joker. I think the we Joker, all know that guy, had, the right, real MVP. Right, the Joker. The Joker's ability to score around the rim. Are you happy that he finally got a ring? He is able to score around the Golden Corral as well. This yeah, guy knows how knows to how eat. eat. And I told Wemby you should talk to the Joker because he knows how to pack it enjoy. On. And those pictures on. of the Joker when he was 13 years Come old, on. I love to see that because this is what boys in Europe should look like. And then it's what <laughs> we all should have breasts and be proud of that, you know, and and, and 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 so and so some of this skill comes from creating a body type and Wendy needs to do that. Hey, so being in touch yeah. being in touch we with talk- his feminine side. side sure, I agree. Sure. Feminine I mean- side and also this also don't be afraid of the southwestern egg roll. Thank yes. you. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. It almost belo- like a jo- like a Jokic seeing the court and being a point center. The yes. southwestern egg roll almost defies logic in the it same way. Make any se- it doesn't make any sense, and yet it will come back to you like a pesky STD. Right. Sure. So <laughs> sure, it lays dormant for a but while. But in dark moments back. on sets, when you say to yourself, "I don't know if I have it." Tarantino's really coming down. He's on asking me. too He's much. He's asking too much. He he wants too much in this scene. Do you just pull up a picture of twelve year old Nikola Jokic and say to yourself, I, "The world I, is okay." I keep I keep a a laminated picture Thank of twelve year old Jokic dangling from my Maybach <laughs> and the mirror in my Maybach, and that's I love what that. I do. But you know what I used to do to Clinton since you're bringing it up? Sure. When he was being squirrely with me and mm-hmm. difficult and mm-hmm. just a bit of a diva, uh-huh. I would say, 
you know something, you're not the only Quinton that I've worked with before. And then I pull out a selfie of me with Quinton Richardson. That's unbelievable. <laughs> you did some work with former L.A. Clipper Quinton Richardson. Richardson. sure. Former L.A. Clipper, former uh, DePaul Blue Demon. Yes. And <laughs> I love you. And I love the, I love the podcast he does with Darius Miles. That's I can't amazing. That, it's a human how highlight. Did not think to do yes, maybe their talents were wasted on the court, but they said no. It is Went into podcast, and if you don't have one, people start to worry if you're an alien. All right, let me ask you this because I feel like as, now that we, as an I, you might be the most knowledgeable Austrian ever when it comes to who's a better DePaul Blue Demon? Is it Quentin Richardson or Tyrone Corbin with a mask on his face? I think that Mark Aguirre and Terry Cummings would have something to say about this. I think that Rod Strickland is rolling Thank over you. on his beach chair in the Bahamas. Yeah. Right is now he down there? Is he down there? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Rod, Strickland, Rod Strickland may be one of the most underrated point, point guards. guards and happened to come around at a time when we were excited about Kenny the Jet. Sure, 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 absolutely. Now, I know you, you're partial to the Bulls a little bit. What do the Bulls have to do to put themselves back into contention in the East? Zach Levine made a jump, but what has to happen from there? They have to find their identity, boys. Right. I, it's the, it's the, it's the age-old problem. Mm -hmm. You pack yourself with a lot of time. And poor Lonzo Ball. Right. Poor Lonzo Ball. Poor Lonzo And Ball. by the way, no one's talking about, about this, but why is he injured? I think we know why. His father made him wear those him. shoes. Yes. yes. Give him Bad better those, shoes. Give better shoes. No, this could have all been avoided, but he had to wear those shoes, <laughs> which as we now know, we're all just Ewings that they put different labels on. Oh, remember the, the old, Ewing shoes? I do remember the Ewings. Pat, the Pat Ewings. That's not a good Pat shoe. Ewings, <laughs> Pat Ewing somehow has the same agent, David Falk, as Michael Jordan. I and know. Michael Jordan went on to make billions with the bead dollars from not just fantastic on the court performance, but also off the court business acumen. Somehow the same agent said to Patrick Ewing, uh -huh. also, yes. You should have a line of shoes. But, and I just think in retrospect, this is one of the all-time greatest whips whiff. that it's, a whiff. its own 30 for 30. How does Christoph Waltz know no, so this, much about To me, Pat Ewing should have – and I and I do like that I call him Pat and not Patrick. And that's a very Hollywood thing, to know someone – like someone would call you Chris. Like the yeah, people, they just, call me – if you guys can call me Chris and you can call Patrick Pat because that's you right. feel Chris close Waltz. with him. We feel close. I think Pat Ewing should should have put out a dress shoe and, and it shouldn't you know a loafer or something it didn't need to be a it, basketball and it shoe. can be how about a high top dress shoe like a give me give me give me a high top dress shoe give me a hush puppy whatever it is give me another pair of ten and a half ewing yeah i mean the ewing that your ewings may have been a via's i i don't know if that was the, i loved a via i a via was a great one i believe at some point they had uh clyde drexler in their stable a for a short time yeah yeah a via a via was fantastic and let me tell you as a young boy in austria into his 20s as an NBA fan, mm -hmm. we suddenly had truckloads of Avia sure. showing suddenly. up in Austria. Yeah, sure. that's where they I went. Mean, People said, what happened to Avia? I'll tell you what happened. They were packing every bodega in Vienna. In Vienna, sure. yeah. And uh, in the United States, Avia is the official shoe of the homeless. In the same way that New Balance yes. is the shoe of 58-year-old yes. white guys it with was, jeans with long was, zippers. They went after the mid-tier dunkers. They the, had Drexler, yes. and I believe they had Daryl Griffith. They... <laughs>
<laughs> Daryl Griffith as well. And I believe I Tom believe, Chambers was maybe in their state. I think And he probably they probably had Chambers. They did. Maybe Chambers and maybe Brad Sellers. I, I don't Maybe Brad Sellers and maybe Dwayne Shinsis. Dwayne Shinsis. If they had Shinsis on the roster, you know is it's he a good still show. I think maybe, You know, in Austrian Shinsis is actually a bad word. What? <laughs> Has Ronnie it's psych- the place? It's the place between your testicles. <laughs> All right, your- stop, yeah. stop, 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 Christoph Waltz. <laughs> we love talking NBA with you. There's, there's nothing we love more than talking NBA. And old. Do me- <laughs> be good and please mind your shinses. Thank you, <laughs> Christoph Waltz. <laughs> What a lovely, lovely man. A That's lo- like a, a Carol Burnett a, show. A, I'm sorry. I, cannot, lovely, I he, literally cannot. He drops the knowledge, Oof. and he knows what he's talking about. Amen. God bless him. U.S. Cellular knows how important your kid's relationship with technology is, and they have made it their mission to help them establish good digital habits early on. That's why they have partnered with Screen Sanity, a nonprofit dedicated to helping kids navigate the digital landscape. And for a smarter start to the school year, U.S. Cellular is also offering a free basic phone on new eligible lines, providing an alternative to a smartphone for kids. Start smarter with U.S. Cellular. Visit uscellular.com slash built for us to find out more. Restrictions to apply. Visit uscellular.com for terms. But right now, I'm excited to have this guy on. We did. We had a chance to do his VSIN show, Primetime. Fantastic. He was a former NFL quarterback, has a Super Bowl ring from the O2 uh, Bucks. Bucks, yeah. Won the Super Bowl, and he's just a great dude. Sean King joins us right now. Sean, how are you, my man? I'm good. Congratulations, man. Filling in for Jim Rome. Come on. A big time. Come on. Okay. Hey, we're bringing it. We're, we're bringing, bringing it. it. It's our third day in a row. And we're, look, we're happy to be talking to you because we had such a good time doing your show, Visa in Primetime. I think that's what we did last time with you. And it just, your, your joy and love of the game comes through. And I think, you know, we've talked about this before, but I'm curious to get your perspective as a former quarterback in the NFL. The the league feels as healthy as it's ever been with the at that position with the crop of great quarterbacks all across the league right now. Do you feel like we're at this sort of golden age right now? I do, and it's really good because if you have a quarterback, you have a chance. Yes, right. And I think that's why out of most, I mean, they do a lot of things great, but the one thing the NFL has mastered is true parity. Yes. I mean, it's the only professional league where you legitimately can go from worst to first. Think about Jacksonville with Urban Meyer mm-hmm. and then in the playoffs the following year with Doug Peterson. Like, I right. mean, if that ain't an outhouse to the in-house story, yes. I mean, what is? Cincinnati. Bengals. The Bengals, once they get Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. The fact that he now, like you said, like it, we're sitting here before the season saying you can't count out the Bengals. They got Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen for the Bills, Justin Herbert for the Chargers. I mean, you already had Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, now how to has the Jets fan base oh, no. feeling like, you know, playoffs and championship are possible. So, I mean, it, it, the NFL is extremely healthy. I'm so excited for football to start. Yeah. I am sick and tired of watching $2 favorites in baseball lose. It's really 
Come on. I mean, Come tell, on. tell us how you really feel, Wait, Sean. Wait, no, I mean, let him go. go. Let him go. Uh, no, I heard actually positive talk about Jared Goff in Detroit and people picking maybe those guys to win that division. Mm. And, and, you know, here's the deal. There's nothing wrong with being a good player. Everybody can't be a great player. People forget Jared Goff took the Rams to the, to Super, the Super Bowl and got fired. Yeah. Yeah. And How he, does that happen? He, he was the right guy. Out. Yeah, he was the right Stafford guy. Stafford couldn't season. win a playoff game for the Lions. He goes to the Rams. They win it all. But Jared Goff is doing exactly what he did in uh, L.A. with the Rams. He's been a good quarterback. If that's enough to win Detroit an NFC North division title, that fan base will be happy. Oh, so yeah. you're right. So you got these. So you got these sort of generational talent quarterbacks like a Josh Allen, like a Patrick Mahomes, and of course like Aaron Rodgers. But then you got these system guys like a Jared Goff, or I would even put Brock Purdy in that situation. Who do you think starts in San? Is it Purdy's team if he can come back from his injury? Who starts there in San Francisco this year? Now I wouldn't put Purdy up there yet. I think when you're talking golf, you're talking more of the Kirk Cousins, yep. Derek Carr, Dak Prescotts of the go. world. Yeah. Purdy just doesn't – the resume is not long enough yet. And he's coming back from an injury that not is generally not typically a football injury. It's really something that happens more in baseball. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see, first of all, is he healthy? Yep. And secondly, is he ready to build upon his success last year? I'm pulling for him. I would say this as a point of contention. I know you guys have a lot of uh, California-based sure. you know, viewers and listeners. I would go back to Trey Lance. You would. When you look at what they gave up to acquire Trey Lance, to give up on him because of two injuries, I think is short-sighted. It'd be one thing if he had played a full season mm-hmm. and he didn't like what you saw. But in both of these years now, he's only played one and one and a half games That's before right. getting injured. That's right. That's right. You got to give you got to give him a shot. But Brock all- Purdy is a winner. Like there is that vibe around him. I remember him at at Iowa State. I remember what he's. They able won to do. nothing at Iowa State. They beat absolutely teams. nothing. They beat teams. Luckily, that they, they hadn't. Luckily, they hadn't legalized the gambling apps yet because mm-hmm. uh, they're having some issues down there at Ames mm-hmm. currently. Correct. Okay. okay. Correct. You well, can't so- bet on your own team. <laughs> you can't bet on your own team. That's for sure. Quote Pete Rose. Quote Pete Rose. That's right. So, so I want to. We were talking to Adam Rank at, at you know of the NFL Network, and he had said that this the Aaron Rodgers to Jet to the Jets move is reminiscent in his mind of Peyton Manning heading to the, to the Broncos, where you're like this team feels like it was it's a quarterback away, it's one piece away. You got a great Hall of Fame quarterback in the twilight of his career, but a chance for him to do great things and take that team over the hump. Is that what you're seeing in New York right now? No. No. Okay. Let's hear it. So here's the differentiation between Peyton and Brady Mm -hmm. when they respectively left the Colts to go to the Broncos and And Patriots to go to the Bucks. Right. They're known as much for their intangibles and mental toughness as they are for their talent. Right. Rodgers is known more for his talent than his intangibles and mental toughness. Hmm. So I think this is like a science project that we've never seen the actual final experiment, see it work. So this is going to be fascinating. Like, what if Nathaniel Hackett is as bad as Sean Payton says he is? I, you, he's got a, he had a lot. That's true. So now that's a game you circle now, right? Week five? Week five, Denver. 
versus I mean, come on. Jets. Denver Jets, like, who cared about that game before? But now, because of the Hackett Peyton smack, or the, at least the fact that you got people sort of coming out and speaking on Hackett's behalf, he had a lot of people come out on his behalf. Where do you land on that whole scenario? I think the profession hides coaches that they like. Mm. That aren't necessarily deserving of the positions that they have. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge part of that profession. Just because of loyalty and just you know guys who like guys, personalities they well, like, and so they try and protect. I them. think it's a I scratch your back, you scratch mine. That's right. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, you saw it. You, I'm sure you saw it back in your day. But like, yeah, I, I I think that does happen in 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 our business in the entertainment industry. We call it failing, failing upwards. Up, failing upwards. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. There's a Nathaniel lot. Nathaniel Hackett. Watch this. He got a head coaching job without being the coordinator and play caller in Green Bay. He mm-hmm. got the job because he was Aaron Rodgers' friend. Right. He was right. Remember guy. the stories where Nathaniel's the one guy in the organization that Rodgers would talk to. That's right. So Denver, under new ownership, hired him thinking that he could entice Aaron Rodgers to come with him. That. It was so bad in Denver, he didn't get through the first year. Mm-hmm. And he was rewarded with that complete failure by getting an offensive coordinator job in a, a, a line of business where there are only 32 countries in the world. I mean, 32 of them in the world. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're talking about failing upward 100%. And we're going to find no out. Attack at Nathaniel Hackett. It's just the facts. We're we're going to find we're out. We're going to find out who he is this year. That's for sure. What? So tell me, tell me, what are we not talking about in the NFL storylines? Teams that may surprise us. That are like, are we not talking enough about the Giants? What? What? Who? What teams are going to surprise us as we start to break these fall? I camps? can't back the Giants because they paid the quarterback a hundred plus million dollars after throwing fifteen touchdown passes. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that so I just can't. I, I can't. I can't advocate for that. And then you don't want to pay Saquon Barkley. You know pay, what? Pay Saquon Barkley. Worth. Pay him. He Why is, are we disrespecting running? He backs? is your team. Why are we disrespecting running backs, Jonathan Taylor? So what are we so, doing here? So let me change the narrative a little bit. Okay. Why are we disrespecting great players? Okay. There you go. That's it. You can't. Don't don't do the position. Do the player. Okay. It's just like when a quarterback comes up now for a new contract. They aren't all the same. Nope. Mm-hmm. But it's like they all are making above this price point because, ooh, you got to play this position. That's the issue. Pay the player, not the position. Having said that, the team that I think people are overlooking is the Seattle Seahawks and the NFC. I think Pete Carroll, when he traded Russell Wilson, people thought that Seattle was in a full rebuild. Mm-hmm. And it looks like Seattle was the more intelligent organization throughout that process because what they've turned those pieces into, don't forget this, last year they were up at the half at San Francisco in the playoffs. They were. And they're they're a tough Kenneth team. Walker back with a year of experience. They play Jackson deep. Smith and Jigba now making deep, waves. Defense. They win it with defense. Geno Smith. Smith. Is there a better story in football in terms of a comeback player or a guy who finally, you know, this is the thing to all these athletes out there. You might be a great college player and you might have to sit and wait for a while, but you you when you get your chance, Geno Smith it. I mean, let's make that a verb. Geno Smith it. Am I right? And he's a perfect example of allowing failure to make you stronger. Yes. He yes. failed miserably as a, uh, a a player out of West Virginia in New York with the Jets. Yeah. 
But he didn't let that, I'm talking to you, Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. he didn't let that mm-hmm. become his reality. He just kept working. He stayed quiet. He didn't blame anybody. He uh, self-reflected, improved the pieces he needed to prove. When he got his chance, he took advantage of it. In the AFC, my surprise team is the Tennessee Titans. How about this? Mike Vrabel, 2020, 11-5. 2021, 12-5. Last year, the Titans were 7-3 before they ultimately lost their last seven games. Right. Ryan Tannehill's in a contract year. He's been a good regular season quarterback. Yes. He's in that same Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins. Jared Goff. Yeah, that's right. That's yes. Prince Scott group. Yep. Derrick Henry is playing for a short-term new deal. They added DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Vrabel and that defense have always been really, really nasty. I like Tennessee to win that division and make some noise come playoff time. I love it. You heard it. You heard it. Sean King, V-CIN, prime time, the V-CIN betting guide. I want everyone to check that thing out, too. Dude, you're the best, man. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for all your insights. Of course, you always give the great insights. And uh, we'll come back on your show anytime, all right? Appreciate you. Sounds good. We'll be in touch shortly. Enjoy your day. Thank you. Sean Sean King. King. Just coming in, dropping out. Hour one. Hour one is down. Christoph Walsh getting some love. Matt Weiner up next. We'll talk more NBA with an insider. Maybe he has as much knowledge as Matt Weiner. Who knows? It's the Sklar Brothers filling in for Jim Rome on CBS Sports Radio. You gotta hang with us all day today. Here we go. Hour two. It's it's flying by as we speak. Our third day in a row. What a, what a treat it is to guest host this show. We love it. Uh, if you enjoy what we do on this show, if you've been having a good time, we have a podcast called View from the Cheap Seats. It's our look at the week in sports, a.k.a. the week in sports. W-E-A-K in sports. And we're doing shows. We're going to be in uh, in Huntington Beach, the rec room. On the Great. 12th. On the 12th. We're going to be at the Comedy Store on the 16th doing our show Tag It. Uh, at Largo in L.A. on September 18th. And we're going to be in Ann Arbor on the 8th and the 9th. So, Supersclars.com for all that stuff. Uh, we we were talking NBA with the great Christoph Waltz earlier. And boy, was his knowledge God, deep. he was so good. And how about Sean King taking no prisoners, according Sean to Sean King TJ being as contrarian as can be with he, us. He I love it. Complimented us on getting to a guest host Jim Rome show and then took down every one of our takes. Every single one of them. Well, I'm very excited to talk to this next gentleman, not just because he is St. Louis' zone. St. Louis' zone. St. Louis royalty. We talked to Taylor Twelman the other day, yesterday at the I think, oh, to, nice. I think we have we have to sit around and have toaster ravioli with all Taylor these guys. Taylor Twelman and our next guest, Matt Weiner of NBA TV. You are amazing, my man, and I'm so excited that we have you on the line to just talk NBA. Are we excited about the summer league? How are you feeling? We are excited. And by the way, was Taylor calling from Twelman's Just for Kicks? Do you remember that? Okay, okay. We called it. All right. This we told is why him. I love Matt Weiner. We literally made that right. We're like, we played at Twelman's Just for Kicks, and his response, yeah. his response, because he was like, he was like soccer Sean King. We just had Sean King of the Bucks on, uh, formerly Super Bowl champion of the 2002 Bucks. Every single take we put out there, he was like, no, no I disagree. I disagree with you. Same oh, with Twelman. Wow. Twelman is a bit of a. We're contrarian. like Just for Kicks. We played there, and he's like, I didn't like the owners. We're like, you're, you're the are owners. owners. You're the owners. You are the owners. Exactly. <laughs> Twelman is uh, soccer royalty. By the way, your yeah. national audience is, is going to love all this 
Local exactly. St. Louis I stuff. I mean, local St. Louis talk. Yeah. Come on. Anyway, well, let's talk. Well, let's let's get national on this. Let's get international when we talk about the summer league. Uh, the splash or the tiny little splash. It was a t- a, d- a tiny toe in the water. A, a backhand to Britney Spears, and like that's it. Wemby shut down after two games. Do you think that was the right call to save this guy from just the craziness? Like, did they make the right decision there? And what can we expect from him in the new year? Realistic expectations. Well, first of all, I can't imagine that his toe is tiny. Yeah. The guy is <laughs> yeah, he's large. Five. Yes, yes. Um, thank so you. it's it's probably a proportionally large toe. Sure. Yes. Um, secondly, <laughs> yeah, I think so, and I think that's sort of a preview of what you're going to see over the course of the season. Like, I, I'm not a betting guy, but I'm not sure I would lay down a bunch of money on Victor Wembanyama to win Rookie of the Year simply because mm. I'm not sure he's going to play 65 games, wow. which is the new requirement for end-of-season awards. Wow. So uh, I think they're going to be really cautious with him. They're going to be cautious about how much he plays, when he plays, mm-hmm. back-to-backs, against whom he plays, right. all those sorts of things. because. He's 19. Mm-hmm. He needs to develop physically, and yes. physicality is going to be a thing that he runs into this season. Durability. Um, Durability. You know, I think right away what you saw is he is going to be a menace defensively. Yes. If he scores no points this season, he will have an impact on San Antonio defensively because basically he can roam around anywhere mm-hmm. and, just block and block everything. Everything. And you saw this last year in France, and I know that the guards he'll face this year are going to be a lot better, but you would see the guards in his French pro league kind of venture toward the paint and literally turn around, turn their back to them once they saw Weminyama was in the way because of his ridiculous length. His length and his ability. It's the Rudy Gobert effect. You see that sometimes when teams play Gobert. They kind of get to the center and you're like, you have the shot, and then he shows up and then it's like, kick it back out. Right. The difference is that, A, Weminyama's, like three inches taller. Yes. And B, he's way more mobile. Yes. So, you know, the, the the way the teams have historically played Gobert off the floor in the playoffs is by switching and forcing him to come out of the paint. That's right. Or putting a three-point shooter on him and forcing him to go out and potentially guard him in the corner. is mobile enough to do all of that. So I, I don't know that there's an easy solution facing him defensively, and that's something that teams are going to have to work on for the next, say, 15 years. Yes. And if I'm Popovich, I'm teaching Webinyama to get out to the three, close out on three-pointers to make that, that shot harder. you got to shoot it higher just to get it over his his hand. To me, if he's... Well, and you saw it at Summer League. He was blocking, blocking some of three. those three-point yeah, shots. And so, when he was five, six feet away from the shooter... It took one step, and all of a sudden, a shot that you know the guys normally normally can expect to get up on the rim, he's getting a fingertip on it or more. It's it, it just changes the geometry of the game. Even if he doesn't block it, if he ch- because you know so much of shooting and the best shooters is all about rhythm, catch it and go and shoot it. But if you cause someone to just if you cause the mechanics to just alter just a tiny bit, the shot's not going in. And so sure. if, he, if he can do that, at least get guys thinking about it as he heads out there, you're right. He can be super disruptive, a great defender. Right. And then as he gains weight, he can sort of work on his, his moves in the, in the paint. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's one thing to throw up what they call a giant killer. One of those high floaters in the paint guards practice that all the time. Right. Shooters don't generally practice changing the arc on their That's shots. That's right. To, to uh, hire, to accommodate 
for you know a seven five guy trying to close out on them. Well, I I want to ask you who else impressed you in the summer league, and can we glean anything out of the summer league at all? Um, you know, the standard sort of disclaimer applies to summer league. It's mm-hmm. a little like spring training, right? Um, you can see some things, and I've been going to summer league since 2010, and I, I will tell you this: every year I go and I'll see a player or two who is better than I realize and a player or two who is lacking in, in something mm-hmm. that you just don't know by watching them on tape or reading about them. Um, so, you know, there are things to be gleaned, but it's not the NBA. Right. You know, the That's competition right. is uh, it's a lot of fringe NBA players. It's a lot of guys who are going to be playing in Korea or Venezuela or China or, you know, wherever next season. So it, it's not entirely representative of what they're going to see next season. Having said that, you know, there were some impressive guys, uh, and I'll start out with Kobe Brown from the L.A. Clippers That's right. from, and from my alma mater, the University of Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, last pick of the first round, which seemed like a stretch at the time, but if he can shoot it the way he did last year at Mizzou, mm-hmm. he's got good size. He'll have to change the way he plays a little bit because they played him more as a big. He's, a, he's really a wing in the NBA, but right. he was good. Similar guy, Hunter Tyson, mm-hmm. uh, out of Clemson, 6'8", yep. for Denver. Denver drafted three players. They traded into the draft, mm-hmm. drafted three players. They're all 21 or over because they want to keep this championship window alive. Mm-hmm. They need guys who can play right now. They're yes. not in the business of developing. They right. are in the business of winning. And with Bruce Brown and Jeff Green having left for free agency, they need young guys who can play this season and moving forward. Plug them in. Um, the Thompson Twins. From the Pistons in Houston. Hold, you know, hold man, me now. Hold me now, Matt Weiner. Exactly. A <laughs> uh, man only played one game. He hurt his ankle. But, you know, you could see it. The speed, the passing. Yeah, yeah. these guys are uh, awesome. Is comfortability around the rim. Asar Thompson from the Pistons has a chance to be an elite defender right now. Out of the gate. Um, and maybe the, maybe the biggest surprise, I don't know, maybe not the biggest surprise, Keontae George from the Utah George mm-hmm. was the 16th pick, averaged 21 a game over six games because he played in Salt Lake City and then Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. He just looked incredibly comfortable. He's not like crazy explosive as an athlete, but clearly this guy can play. So I that's exciting. To me, it's exciting to hear these names. And I thought the you know the twins, the Thompson twins, were fascinating. To me, they felt like. Everybody on the Sacramento Kings right now, super athletic, can get fast as all get out. I mean, like, I love that the Sacramento Kings have built themselves a team to compete with the you know the old Golden States of this world. That like, they're like, we're just gonna out. We'll be quicker than at, you. We're gonna out athletic you, and mm-hmm. uh, and I do think that that's these twins kind of reminded me of those of those Sac Sacktown that Sacktown team. So my my question though is as we head to the East. I'm curious to get sort of what is the sort of the NBA inside view of did the Celtics upgrade? Obviously, they lost Marcus, Marcus Smart. Did they upgrade? Obviously, they paid a ton of money for Jalen Brown. But yeah. bringing Porzingis in versus a Marcus Smart, obviously, they don't play the same position. But, you know, what they bring to the team, did they upgrade is my question. Well, uh, to be determined. Okay. And, I, and I'm and I'm not trying to be coy because I'm on the fence about it myself. Okay. Um, it is a seismic shift for them to be certain. Mm-hmm. Look, Marcus Smart 
is a winning player. He is. He's a great defender. Great. Defender. I think his maturity will really be appreciated in Memphis. Right. Yes. Um, but having said that, Celtics had not been great at the end of games the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and he's not the the all time greatest decision decision maker in those situations. Right. So maybe that means more of Derek White on the floor. Maybe that means more of Malcolm Brogdon on the floor at the end of games. Mm-hmm. That's something they have to figure out. The other shift that they're making is I think Joe Missoula, with management's approval, wants to be more of a three-point shooting team. Mm-hmm. They were a pretty good one last year. I think they were top ten in makes. I think they want yeah. to elevate into the top five territory, and that's where Porzingis comes in. He's the so question hard for to me are, um, you know, does Porzingis – does his size really come into play in such a way that it forces other lineups to play bigger, to mm-hmm. play mm-hmm. in ways that they don't want to play? Because I don't know that I always see that. He, he's a really good offensive player. He had a good season last year. Um, you know, will he rebound? Will he block shots effectively? I think maybe their defense takes a little bit of a hit. But they're also going to be one of the biggest teams in the league. Yeah. Uh, maybe the biggest, depending on what other teams throw out there in their starting lineups. Uh, they're going to be enormous with Porzingis out there, yeah. with Robert Williams mm-hmm. and Tatum at six nine, and Jalen Brown as a six seven six, six eight wing, yeah. and Derek White who's six four as a point guard. Yeah, they're a huge team in matchup problems. And you say to yourself, well, maybe Porzingis hasn't got the coaching he needed, or didn't have the support guys around him to allow him to do what he needs to do in a way that that yeah, is maybe his he's a, he can become a rim protector, and Robert Williams is the guy cleaning up the glass. All possible, yeah, all possible. I mean, we we saw him with Luka Doncic, mm-hmm. and you know, it was a little bit of a clunky fit. So yeah, what is it? What is Tatum and Jalen Brown? I don't know. What isn't a clunky fit with Luka Doncic at this point? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like he seems like the guy who wants to take the shot at the end of the game and he'll make it three out of seven times, which loses you a series. Right. (laughs) If you're that last shot, that's what it feels like now. Now that might change. Hitting three game winning shots is, is epic. But if you're missing four, but if you're missing four Four of of them, them. you lose the series. That's how that goes. Well, I, the question for me is, is it that he wants to or that's the way the team is set up? Sure. I think in his professional career, he's only played that way. Right. That isn't necessarily in, you know, indicative of, of his mindset or who he wants to be. Um, but now that they've committed to Kyrie Irving, you've got mm-hmm. two guys who can close a game for you. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like offensively? Is there flow to those sets Who's got in the, the fourth ball. quarter? I right. mean, Kyrie Irving is one of the great fourth-quarter scorers in the NBA for right. all the, the other issues that come along with him. Are there I other issues? I don't I no, don't. As I don't flat see. as the earth is, he is a great fourth quarter. Yes, I no, he's, Google. Google. Oh, is there some, I, never, uh, I have heard nothing about nothing, but he's just a quiet guy that goes about <laughs> his business, plays every game. Great, great in the locker room. Great locker room guy. Yeah. Um, for all for all of that stuff, yeah. you know, they had the new award last year, a clutch player of the year, mm-hmm. and he was still on my ballot. Even having oh, yeah. been suspended and, and missing all the time he did, his fourth quarter numbers were incredible. Yeah. And he can win games at the end of games. He can win championships. Um, Cleveland needs to thank yeah. him as much as they thank LeBron. Agreed. He hits the shot and he also can finish around the rim in a number of ways, like against incredible defense. He's uh, as good as any small guard has ever been finishing around the rim. Yep. Speaking of great guards, 
I'm curious to think he's made this statement that he wants to get out of Portland. Where does Dame Lillard, an 11-year vet, where do you think he's going to go? And then where in your heart would you where, say, where, could where would he you help, like him to go? Who, where could he do the most help with what with what team? Well, I think it's the same answer. It's okay. the place he wants to go. Uh, and Miami is that place. There was a reported well, report, I should say, the other day that the Heat are preparing uh, uh, an offer that includes four first-round draft picks. Wow. I don't know if that's going to be enough or not. Remember, you know, the, the standards have changed. Yep. Uh, four first-round draft picks last summer got to Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kevin Durant, you know, mm-hmm. you need four or five first-round draft picks. Wow. Will the Heat have enough to get him? We're going to find out soon enough. I think Portland, you know, despite whatever they're saying, I think they do want to move on. Um, and Miami needs him. You know, Miami, they MacGyvered their way to the NBA Finals. Unbelievable But that job. was not a good offensive team no. for most of the season. 25th in offensive efficiency, and I know that, that number improved over the course of the year, but, you know, they could use him. Uh, Jimmy Butler was not himself in the Finals and kind of uh, got worse as the playoffs went on. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard is a piece that would finish that Miami team in a lot of ways, depending on what they have to give up to get him. And, and that's tricky as well because of the assets that they've already lost this summer yeah. because they probably have to give up Tyler Hero in addition to draft picks. Yeah. You know, the bench will look depleted, but if there's an organization that can find diamonds in the rough, like guys we've seen last year, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, the other mm-hmm. undrafted players that they turned into not only serviceable, but really Superstars. good rotation yeah. players. Yeah. The Heat can do that. So I, I think it's a match. It makes too much sense, and I think it'll get done before the season. And the Heat are a tough team with an identity, thanks to Eric Spolstra. They're a, t- they're a team that it's like, fine, we'll, we'll be a play-in team, but we don't care. Like, we don't care about home court advantage. We're going to bring our attitude wherever that is. And I think that is – that what we realize is that that can't be discounted in this NBA, that that can take you far. Again, we talked about the mystique of the Celtics and what Marcus Smart brought to that. There's just a period of time where I'm like, the Celtics might be down here, but they're going to come back and win because of they've got this mystique. They've got this sort of aura about them. I feel the same way about the Heat. Yeah, they are they are greater than the sum of their parts. Yes. Because if you, if you based your evaluation just on talent last year, you wouldn't come away saying, oh, it's going to be the Heat coming out of the Eastern never, Conference. No never. Um, and, and certainly not based on what they've done in the regular season either. But there is there's something about, and I know the phrase is overused, but there's something about Heat culture right? Uh, which plays, especially in the postseason. And you see it across the organization where people have been there for decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't leave. News rarely leaks out of Miami. Right. There when is they a, have problems? sort of a commitment to process and to winning there that uh, I'm not saying it doesn't exist in other organizations, but it's it's different there somehow. It's well, top down. It's Pat it this Riley. Way. It starts with Pat Riley. Well, look at a guy case. like Jimmy Butler who wasn't happy with the way his guys were practicing in Chicago. And then That's he right. Could, has he spoken up about guys not doing their thing down there? No. No. And, and to me – it's all encapsulated by that crazy last second basket that they lost that game in, uh, I guess, was it in Miami against Boston? And and the press conference that they gave after that, to me, told me everything you need to know about the Miami Heat, that they weren't rattled by it. And they said, okay, I'm we'll, not worried. We'll move. And I was like, okay, this is a healthy organization right here.
Mm-hmm. No, they know exactly who they are. It's exactly what he wanted. And, you know, the media doesn't get everything right, but this pairing, Butler and Miami, was, was one of those where most of us first guessed correctly that this was a match made in heaven because it was the work ethic that he was looking for yeah, that's right. and the yes. kind of gritty player that the Heat want. You know, they're, they're famous for their conditioning standards, for instance. Like, yeah. they don't... They don't mess around with that stuff. They're not going to have fun, but yeah. and Eric Spolster will be the first to tell you. He says it over and over again. We're not for everybody. We're not. And it's for true. Everybody. Yeah, it's yeah. True. If you're not serious about winning. They don't want you. You're like, so they're, they're like cilantro. They are. They're hey, I don't everybody. know about that. I like sometimes cilantro. Sometimes I don't even like cilantro. So I don't. It tastes like dishwashing I, detergent. I, 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 I don't, don't like cilantro. I like it. But here's here's the thing. I do think that in an era where people are just trying to give players and stars everything they want just to get them there in a sense like desperately wanting to pull people in there is something refreshing about Miami and that attitude of like hey we're not for everyone if you can stick it out if you can survive here then like, you're going to thrive I don't thrive think here. Zion Williamson would make a great Miami Heat player am I wrong to, to state that I think based on his track record so far and what I hear I would say that's probably correct and I'm and I also I think the Heat know themselves well enough right. that whether it's Zion or, or somebody else, right. they perceive as not being up to their standards in terms of of work. They might not be interested as as well. Right, which, both you know, sides. That's part of who they are. Is they don't go after assets and players they don't want or who they think won't fit in there. Well, listen, I am so excited about the season. I thought last year's playoffs were incredible. I thought, you know, I'm such a Jokic fan all the way. The fact that that dude has a ring makes me he's so, so happy. He's so fun. He's so great. He, again, he doesn't – you look at LeBron, he looks like he was created in a lab that he's not mm-hmm. human. And I, every he's time, I'm, every time a, I'm sad, I look at a 12-year-old picture of Nikola Jokic and I'm like, the world is okay. <laughs> We're all right. The world is okay. We're all look at that. And this guy's a champion. He looks like he was created in a pub. Thank yes. you. Thank Instead you. Instead of a lab, a pub. Three letters. Three letters ends, ends in, a, in B. a B. And with a vowel in the middle. Matt Weiner, you're the best, man. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll have you on our podcast. I love it. We'll and keep watching you and supporting you. Everyone should. At Matt Weiner TV. Follow this guy. Watch him on NBA, uh, on the NBA Network. So, so good NBA TV. Uh, appreciate you. Have, and- have, some, have some toasted ravioli. Hold the cilantro. I'll be there this weekend. I'll no, have one on. Hold for you. the cilantro. Thank you, Matt Weiner. Amazing. I love him. So Talk great. to him for hours. Yeah, and he's got so much knowledge, and it's just, it's like you know the people who know their stuff so well. It just, it like comes out. Thank you, Alvy. You are the man. The Thompson twins. Thompson twins taking us to break. It. Taking us to break. We have uh, great takes coming up. And maybe Jerry we have a long Jones. snapper take that's coming. Got a long, the long snapper take is coming. The long-awaited long snapper take is going to be coming down the pike. Uh, we love you guys. Glad you're with us today. This day is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. It's just Club Brothers filling in for Jim Rome on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Jim Rome Show. Good night, now.